Grace, could you say something into the mic? Hi, I'm Grace Freud. Uh, Perfect. This is going to be a great interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Russell. Hello. Hello, and my name is Jamarco Sarezi. Let's play it back. Great. And here. Recording. 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 Wow. recording. Ah! Oh, man. It's so wow. many. It's five different things. I fucked up recently. Um, uh, hello. Welcome to The Downside. My name is Jamarco Sarezi. Uh, I'm here with my, my co-host, Russell Daniels. Hello. I'm so glad you could make it uh, with your busy sketch team rehearsal schedule. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we are here by uh, a comedian, uh, a writer, a Twitter star, wow. uh, uh, Grace Freud. Welcome to The Downside. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast about uh, horrible things we've done. Yeah. <laughs> This is the downside. One, yeah. Two, I did the wrong button again. <laughs> did you? Here we go. One, two, three. You're listening to the downside. The downside. Just just to clarify, it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be horrible things you've done. This isn't Could like be horrible a confession. things that have happened to this you. This is yeah, hor- just horrible life everything. I uh, worry you're going to, you know, confess to a murder or something. Well, I was just going to talk about how like I ask, I do this bit on stage, we did this bit on a Girl God show the other day where we have someone up and we try to teach them to do comedy and I usually ask them to tell a story about the worst thing they've ever done and we had someone on stage who like sincerely was like, I don't know if I've ever done a bad thing <laughs> like, and I don't think she was joking, she just was very sincere about it and then I swear to God like 30 seconds later she said tranny. Oh, she has what, no like, self-awareness. Back in the audience, heckling or like telling a story? <laughs> no, we like jokingly were like, okay, well, um, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a story about a bad thing you've done. Great. And April was like, my the other person in Girl Got This Comedy Duo um, that I'm a part of was like, like, okay, so say... So the other day I met this tranny and she just went immediately. So the other day I met this tranny, like no, no, no pause or anything. And then um, we were like, well, now you have to say faggot because you have to like prove that like you're also okay with saying that. And it's not just tranny that you're okay with saying. With. Wow. This is, you and, really <laughs> fuck this, this, this poor woman over. Yeah. This and is, then she did. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Was she was she uh, uh, straight or was she? She was gay? straight. She was well. Was she of a certain was, age? Or was she, she was straight enough, you know. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she was cis. She wasn't of a certain age. She was like, I don't know, t- probably twenty five. Wow. Yeah. Um. And then and after, you recorded this too. This was a. This recording. was not the album recording. Oh, this, this was oh, the night okay. after. <laughs> but someone, I, someone did get a video of it. So. Wow. <laughs> Um, and you could just tell she was kind of proud of it, you know? She was like, ooh, look at me being edgy. Oh, yeah. Um, and afterwards, someone, uh, a friend of mine, like, asked her, like, well, would, would you have said the N-word? And she was like, no, no, I wouldn't have said that. That's and good. Th- that isn't me saying that, like, any slur is, like, like, it's not, like, useful to talk about, like, which slur is worse. Yeah. But, like, it's just interesting that she, like... 
tranny she was all in immediately like no coaxing yeah. just like bam and she said it like a couple of times like added it more <laughs> to the story <laughs> um when was there a time when that word was not thought of as a slur or was it a slur from the beginning I mean, I think I think it's been. I mean, I think a lot of people still don't think of it as a slur. Sure. But I would say, from my community, I think it's probably been a slur for many decades. For like, many decades. I'll say that like one of my favorite books is The Will to Whatevs, which is a book by Eugene Merman, and it's mm -hmm. just like one of those like comedy memoir sort of things. It's done like in the style of like a guide to live your life, um, and he like casually says tranny in it and this is not me saying eugene merman is a bad person or me trying to cancel eugene merman i love eugene merman but that was from like um maybe 11 or 12 years ago yeah. and for sure no one was like whoa when that came out you yeah. know what i'm saying so i yeah. think like a decade ago it wasn't really a big deal if someone said it like yeah. on, on a wider scale maybe like if someone had said that to a trans person like they certainly would be hurt or whatever but i don't th i think it was like not considered offensive nomenclature like like other slurs might be i mean you definitely stopped saying it a couple years ago <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so uh th this is <laughs> this is the downside for those of you uh first time tuning in this is uh an interview show but we we talk about all the negatives in life we complain uh uh there, there's a jewish there's a jewish undertone to it that i i at least bring um all the time you're you're are you jewish uh, I'm converting. Really? Wow. Yeah, my partner's Jewish. Um, my partner comes from this big Jewish family. Uh, their immediate family is just like culturally Jewish, but like all of their like aunts and uncles and cousins like were mitzvahed and whatnot. So they're getting mitzvahed. They've gotten like more into it. And as they've gotten more into it, like I've also. Now, what have you related to? I'm a very not religious person. Yeah. And uh, I struggle with embracing any aspect mm -hmm. of Judaism, frankly. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend uh, uh, would like me to do more. Yeah. <laughs> but so, what about it appeals to to you? I grew up. I grew up very religious, actually. I, I grew up Presbyterian, um, and I grew up in a church that was actually like very like queer accepting, and like there's two like versions of Presbyterianism in the U.S. And I always mix them up, but it's like. Presbyterian Church USA and like Presbyterian Church of America, like very different, like very similar that names. That makes sense to mix them. And the, the one that I was a part of, like, doesn't believe in hell, like, uses like she, her pronouns for God, like, very progressive. Um, basically, is like, well, Jesus died for our sins, so everyone goes to heaven, but also views heaven as like not a paradise, but like being one with God. So to me, that's actually pretty Jewish, like, sure. the way that like they view that. And I, I don't know if Jews refer to. I don't know if any part of Judaism refers to God though as she, a woman. No, but I mean like the concept of like the like the, what is after death. If anything is not like a utopia, it's like a oneness with like God and like a like a oneness with uh, like you're you are doing good in life mm. to do good, and because God wants you to do good and not for salvation, you know? Yeah. And I think that I really appreciate how like reflective Judaism is as a religion and, and how it's really like you treat people well because that is what's right and not because like 
you need to be saved and you're not, yeah. or you're going to go to hell and yada, yada. Um, you know, what, let me just, because I, 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 we're going to wait until later, but since you do write for Rick and Morty, one of the things about Rick and Morty that mm-hmm. I, I always, that makes it sometimes harder for me to watch is mm-hmm. it feels so deeply nihilistic sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, it's about like pain. I mean, it's so much is about just like death and pain and the the in infinite amount of pain in in a multiple universes that sometimes i watch it and if i'm feeling depressed or i'm feeling in a dark space or if i'm stoned sometimes i find mm. it so depressing so yeah. I, I just find it interesting uh, uh, someone who who writes for the show speak uh, even kindly towards religion i think that the arc of rick and morty like rick's arc on the whole is to like like learning that caring about things is worth it just to care about them mm-hmm. and um that the nihilism that's at the top of the show you know like at the top of the series when they like change realities and they're like everybody dies like get your bullshit through it i think the whole like rick's entire arc is deciding that he cares about the family um and that it's worth it and that there doesn't need to be a grand cosmic reasoning mm. to care about them um so I think it's actually like a very optimistic show when you look at it like in a <laughs> for greater all the people arc. that didn't die yeah. each episode. Yeah, sure. yeah. And now that it's renewed for ten seasons, that arc has to slow yeah. down. <laughs> that's uh, that's very true. Um, what what is the conversion process like? Is it, are we talking like classes or is there some test? Like what what is that process like in converting? You said a mitzvah, which I. I thought mitzvah was pretty. What? What do? You, what is it? <laughs> it's, Such a bad shoe. There, it's there's like a when it comes to like not like Orthodox Judaism or whatnot. I think like there's less of like a solid structure. Mm. Like there's queer shuls in L.A. and like you take classes, you like learn some Hebrew, you like it's very open, you know. And I actually have noticed that like a lot of queer and trans people are like converting to judaism like it's like not an uncommon thing it was so when i did my birthright trip and i i've told i tell a stand-up version of the story for so long that i do not i do not trust my memories Mm -hmm. i don't remember if i was the Mm -hmm. primary mover in the story or if i took it from someone else but we had a rabbi uh, a hasidic rabbi who was also the tour guide and he had actually he wasn't raised religiously he went on birthright and he converted after that trip, which I think to convert to Hasidic, I, I sometimes think sometimes, intense, sometimes, yeah. I, but yeah. sometimes sometimes I, when That's I see intense, especially yeah. like mm, people who seem a little bit out of place in the world, I think it promises a lot. Like it promises, yes, I would, sure, I would, yeah. if I'm going to project, I think it promised him a wife and a yes, community, yeah, yeah and like okay. a, a family, all these mm-hmm. things. But uh, the he and he he was he was friendly enough. We were all like 26. Most of us were not very religious. And at the end, he said, we're going to play a game uh, called Stump the Rabbi, where you can ask me anything you want about Hasidic Judaism. And I don't remember if I asked this question or someone else did. I feel like it was me, though, where I said, how do Hasidic Jews feel about homosexuality? And it just like he came up with this long answer about like, oh, if someone came to me and said I'm gay, I I would hug them because life is hard. And I was like, follow-up question, how do Hasidic Jews... And it, it like, someone started crying, people left, people were mad. And it was, uh, 
that's obviously a much more strict. But I guess it's all steeped in that for me. It's all tainted. I'm like, start a new thing. Start a new thing with new words. But don't you think, I feel like everyone has their own personal relationship with it and they can make it their own thing. But why use take- the same branding? Like, like let's say you're going to start a new Catholic church. You're going to call it the Vatican. You're going to wear the same hats. Like, start a new thing. This thing is tainted. It's a lot of work to build stories and yeah. you hire, you're asking us to hire graphic designers. <laughs> you're yeah. asking us to like create a 501c. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, like you're yeah. asking us to, to But I think that's the struggle is that's why like people like I think people go back to these because there is a big uh, an IP Right, yeah. it's kind of like there's a huge IP for each religion, yeah, and it's like, well, there's a lot true. of there's quotes and there's books and there's rooms, but and- it's like anything. There's a, a such a wide spectrum where you're where I just feel like you're you're just looking for oh, I kind of like this version of thing, and it exists already. Mm-hmm. And even in within that, you can be like, man, that's kind of bullshit. But or, even that came kinda- from such a, a, a I, toxic- I know, but you're 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 focused on the like an origin like thing that like it, it does evolve and change and and. You know, but I I feel like it just seems like a lot of work if you're gonna like create your own religion, which always turns into a cult, right? Like in 2021, if you're starting your own religion, I there's no way it's not gonna turn into a cult. Unitarian Universalism, are you you're familiar with? Yeah, I have a few friends that were were part of it. Is it very structured though? I mean, I feel like that's probably like it's. It becomes so frazzled, it doesn't mean anything. Different every church, like some of the churches are Christian, and some of them. Like, do you know, like, teachings related to Christ? So I really think it's just, like, a place for people to have potlucks. Like, I think it's just a place for people to, like, chill and be like, we're trying to be good people, you know? Like, I think that it is, I think, well, maybe a lot of religion is that, but I think it's that in its most, like, base form. Like, we have constructed this community so that we can reassure each other that we're trying to be like ethical good people and like shake each other's hands and be like, yep, good job. Yeah. But, but have no like religious framework beyond that. Mm. When the Shabbat dinner, Toha loves the Shabbat dinner and it definitely does seem like you make time for friends. Yeah. And, and it's nice. nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. I think uh, I, as like I, as someone who like celebrates the high holy days and stuff now, I think that they're a great framework to think of, like the past year and everything I've done that was fucked up and how I want to change going forward. Mm. And also to like have time with family who's also doing that, yeah, which I think is, is unique. Like that's different from anything in Christianity, you know, like you're not like having a big meal or something in preparation to like, just think about your regrets, you know, yeah. for yeah. a week. But Have you told Tova this about converting? Yeah. Oh, she must have been thrilled. Yeah, I, I think in our first conversation, because um, I think the 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 lockdown kind of happened right after like I decided to do that, and and then like we've moved to LA, so it's been. Did that like, not a feel like a sign process. from God? Like maybe don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God sent a plague immediately <laughs> upon you. You, you know, it's funny because my next door neighbor in Denver where I was at when the lockdown began. Uh, big Christian guy, but also a big progressive guy. Big, kind of like guys at my my old church. And was really trying to get me to like 
zoom into his church services. <laughs> so maybe that wasn't a mystery of God being like, no, you got to head back to Christianity. <laughs> so, oh, so I was saying earlier before, this is the downside. Uh, negative <laughs> celebration of negativity. If you if you dig us, please check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash downside. We have uh, early episodes, two bonus episodes a month. I think I'm going to start throwing up some some random, uh, like, cool like. I just was at a friend's wedding and I did uh, a stand-up show for them, but it was very personal to, to my friend Kevin, who I've talked uh -huh. about on the podcast. Yes, yes. I think I'm gonna you know put that on the Patreon if Why you want to see it. How many uh, patrons do you have? How dare you? Poor manners. You never ask someone in. how many patrons I they thought, have. I thought this was I thought this was the downside. I thought this was like a cynical podcast. Yeah, it's definitely going down. I'll tell you that. There has been a real the the love I got for the beginning. Can I guess? No, please don't. Please don't. Oh my god. Do you have twenty seven? Oh my god, pretty good. That's a good goal to reach. I think we're we fluctuate between twenty and twenty five. Okay. But we're still new and now we're we're beefing it up. We're adding these bonus. We just have to add stuff that makes it worth it other than listening to the podcast. Yeah. I think I have about thirty patrons on a Patreon I haven't posted on for a year and a half. So I'll tell them to head over to Maybe maybe we need to post less. Yeah. Oh boy. Um so what did I Oh can I, I ask one I, more thing? Please. How much money do you have in your savings account? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Slightly. You just got back from Hawaii, right? Oh my god, the money was just flowing out of yeah. I was in Hawaii and you, we went to a, a resort um because it was my friend's wedding and they were like, stay at this resort. Yeah. And I guess I haven't stayed at a resort for a very long time, but I forgot that they are just once you go to a resort, you are now caught in a scam. Yeah. Everything yeah. costs money. Everything costs money. There's nowhere to get food. It's not like Maui. There's no grocery store nearby. No, you yeah. got to eat at that restaurant every, every meal. meal. And every meal is 28 bucks minimum. And we, we rented a, 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 a umbrella and a beach towels for the beach. Guess how much? $30. $85. Wow. For, umbrellas, for umbrellas and towels. You sure what rent. are you going to do? Why wow. you just, can't you just bring your own towels from the hotel? No, you do towels. You got to give them a card. Oh. It was more about the. It was more about the umbrella, and yeah, so yeah, like yeah. you either like are you going to be miserable on the beach? Or you got to get an umbrella. These these are the only two options. Yeah, wow. and believe you me, if I was not there with Tova, you yeah, I You'd wouldn't just be have, sitting in a I'd dark be room, sitting in the dark room, <laughs> scowling. Scowling, counting the money I still had, <laughs> um, uh, but it was it was a very good time. We're going to talk uh, a lot about the 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 thing on the Patreon, yeah, about, yeah. about the Hawaii trip. Um, I did want to because I so it was my old middle school friend, and it was it was it was very uh very cool, very very uh, cathartic to like connect with these old these old people, like like his parents who like I went to their house. I, and I saw them, and I I quoted their number to them. You know how you remember those childhood numbers? Oh yeah, and yeah, they were yeah. like whoa. <laughs> you've, you've you've learned nothing you, since then worth did keeping. Did you have a bad home life when you were a kid? Uh, not a warm home life. Okay. Is this did your you? podcast? Yeah. I, uh, I mean, God, if we're, if we're opening up that, then fucking yeah. Well, my parents got divorced when I was seven, but I did know I wanted to bring Seven's up. Seven's not that bad. I I wanted to bring. I mean, up my up, parents got divorced when I was two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Seven days old. Yeah, seven days old. So two and a half. But you don't remember Wait, your it. parents got divorced when you were seven, seven days. days old. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, oh. but I mean, that's why I say on stage. It was before I was half a year old. I don't know. Okay, okay. Um, two and a half. So you don't remember them being together? I do a little bit. 
are you talking about? You don't form memories until you're three. I swear to God. What, I what do you swear remember? to God. What's the memory you remember? My first memory is my dad beating my mom. Ah. I, I have a clear memory yeah. of it. I have a very clear memory of it. And where were you in that memory? Describe this memory to me. It was night. I was in the hallway looking at the dining room, which was like also part of the living room. And, and were, were you crying? Yes. Yeah. I can remember what I was wearing. I was wearing my Spider-Man pajamas. Wow. Yeah. My first memory is also a traumatic. I think that's what it does. Yeah. I had gotten my dad's razor uh, and I, you know, I thought I was playing with it. All I remember is running into the living room and my hands were just like covered in blood. Oh, jeez! Because I cut yeah. up my hands and I didn't know what was going on. Was it a straight razor? No, I think it was a regular razor, okay. but I must have like, I must have like, I don't know. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, what was, what was your first memory? I don't know. Was it your fucking married parents <laughs> hugging each other? Yeah, it'll just a picnic. <laughs> No, I, I really don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I, my, I don't, like you said, two and a half. I feel like I have a hard time. Like, I can remember kindergarten and stuff, but I have a uh -huh. hard time even before then. Like, it's very, so I, I think it's I like don't traumatic. Feel like I'm very I good. So, and yeah. it was not traumatic. I, so. I have a few memories from that, like, very young area that are just so clear in my head. Mm. Um, but that's the youngest for sure. Wow. So your parents got divorced two and a half years old. Mm -hmm. And did they have joint custody? No. My dad was a violent alcoholic, so he, well, he got, he had, like, supervised custody, supervised visitation. And what did that entail? Was she, was your mom there, or? My, my uncle was there, so his brother was there. Mm. Um, and really? That's so interesting that yeah. the supervised involved his family. So, uh, I think my mom was, like, comfortable with it, because my uncle was, like, pretty on top of it. Um, mm. But, like, my dad would, like, do things, like go out for a second and like take me and then all of a sudden like he was gone and my uncle would have to like hunt around the neighborhood oh to my find God. us um you, so your dad would take you yeah yeah and was it like was, was like, it just to it. be a bit like uh this is my kid i'm gonna yeah for oh, sure okay. yeah 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 100 sure. yeah it wasn't like kidnapping every time it was just no like, it I was mean, yeah it, it was is, just like he was just like going against the rules gotcha and then when i was it was like about a year when I was six when he got to see me without supervision, but I was still not like allowed to like stay over at his house. But that year he got a car and he had like six GUI, so he wasn't supposed to have a car. And then immediately when the judge found out he had a car, the judge was like, well, you can't do that. And and he freaked out. And then I just didn't see him until he died. <laughs> so oh my goodness. how did they find out? He had a car. Because I told my mom. Exactly. I wasn't trying yeah. to snitch. I just was like. Sure. You, you I didn't know he wasn't. Yeah. Like he. I mean, he drove me around in it. So I just. My mom was like, how did you get to the store or whatever? And it was like, oh, well, he has a car now. Yeah. Yeah. Did he ever say to you like, hey, don't tell your mom about this car? I think he might have. But like, I think it was pretty impossible for me at six to do that. Of course. Yeah. There's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. As with divorced parents. Like, if I could sit divorced parents down, I'd be like, mm -hmm. do not ask your kid. Yeah. Do not tell yeah. your kid a thing that you don't want them to share mm -hmm. with the other yeah. person. They're too young to bear this lie. Mm -hmm. It's not fair to ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was Did your father sober up at any point? He was sober, I think, for a few years on and off. And then, actually, when he got to start seeing me, like, without visitation... That's when he chose to start drinking again. <laughs> so Jeez. that was coupled with the car. And then, like, oftentimes I would go over to his house and he would just be in bed all day. 
So I would just feel like on his computer reading about Dragon Ball Z or something. Wonderful. And um, Dragon Ball Z. And so yeah, it was just like it was. What was he drinking? A big bummer. I don't know. He didn't drink in front of me. I know that like from the little I've been like told about his drinking that I didn't see. Uh, I think it was like vodka mm. because he would carry around a briefcase and have like liquor in it. A man who like rarely worked would like just have this briefcase with him. Did you wait? Did uh, when did he die? Like how old were you? I was when nine when he passed oh, away. Okay. Wow. He also um, once hid a bottle of liquor inside of the engine of our car um, and forgot that he had done that. Oh. Um, and did remember before it exploded, but oh like my so God. he like freaked out and was like, "Oh shit!" And then like, oh, popped the trunk open and like burnt his hand, like grabbing it out. Um, Why was he hiding it there? I don't know. He hid stuff everywhere. Like, but it wasn't like you couldn't tell that he was drunk. Did you know at that age, like, oh, dad's drunk? I knew my dad was an alcoholic because people would call him an alcoholic. And he would go into treatment. Like, he was in rehab all the time. Yeah. So I knew. I don't know if I had a strong understanding of what drunk was, but I did know that he was an alcoholic or, like, had alcoholism yeah because that was like very much in the, like in my face because he was like i would visit him at rehab so you know yeah did you like your dad i did while while he was alive i really loved my dad he i mean because like when i visited him until like kind of like the last like period when i saw him when he was drinking again and and like just like lying down most of the time it was like all fun Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're going to go to Burger King in the video game store. We're going to go to the comic book store. Um, we're going to go to the movies. Uh, and he would joke a lot. My mom was, like, constantly working all the time and stressed out. He rarely had a job. He got disability. And his dad, who was, like, fairly well off, um, gave him money. So, like, we just had fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. every time I yeah. saw him. Yeah. Um, and we liked similar things. Like, he'd let me watch The Simpsons. I loved The Simpsons. Sure. He, mm-hmm. he liked comics. He was also, like, an incredibly charming person, you know? When he died, he had, like, three girlfriends that were called before any other family members. So on his emergency contact list, those, like, three girlfriends were called. <laughs> He's, like, adding extra lines there to the emergency my contacts dad was like, a, I mean, My dad was an alcoholic poly icon. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there's got to be some charisma involved for someone. Alcoholic, no job, carrying around a briefcase of vodka, which is so funny. Um, and then three girlfriends. That's wow. He was so charming. He's yeah. the most charming person I've ever met. There's a lot similar. It just There's a lot that resonates with my dad. My dad wasn't into drinking, thank God, mm-hmm. because the same many, many, many girlfriends. He, my dad, looking back, I'm like, oh, we hung out all the time because mm-hmm. he was depressed. Mm-hmm. But he let me watch Seinfeld. That was my Simpsons. Yeah. He didn't like comic books. I once made my dad see the Cowboy Bebop movie in theaters, and I mean, it it had to have been traumatic for him. Yeah, to yeah. him it was the he once saw me watching Yu Gi Oh and laughed like he thought it was just so so lame. lame. Oh, like it was something like Yu Gi Oh like took out a deck like let's yeah. duel, and my dad just started guffawing <laughs> oh. at like someone taking out cards and being like, "I got gotcha. My dad truly like I mean, we watched a ton of movies together. We like. Uh, he exposed me. I think like the thing that I took most from him was all of the like pop culture that he exposed me to. Um, like I got obsessed with comic books, like even more so after he died, and comedy. Just American comic books, I assume. 
No, I was into manga too, but he was into American, American comic yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was into manga because like that was like the huge manga boom. Yeah, I was, I was there um, for the Shonen Jumps. And, the, and I think when that faded, my my interest faded for a while. And like now I'll read like some. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was just a fun time with him. And it's like the other funny thing is when so when he died, it happened pretty quickly. And that like die of. I thought it was cancer for many years, but um, in the I was told relatively recently his liver failed and his pancreas failed, and he did have cancer, but it was it was like an earlier stage. He just like, he drank so much, like the level that my dad was an alcoholic was it like he had a, a heart attack in his early thirties. He um. Like, you look at a picture of him in his 20s and a picture of him then in his mid-30s, and he looks like he's in his 60s. Like, wow. he was wow. an oh, intense wow. alcoholic. And also, like, so he he would get seizures, you know, from withdrawal. One time, for a while, he had an eye patch because he hurt his eye because oh. he had a seizure while he was, like, cutting something. He And so it's like oh he God. really looked like shit and yet was still charming enough to three, like, yeah. three girlfriends. Oh, my and, God. And on top of that, so... <laughs> Three girlfriends, one eye. That's amazing. I guess no one had heard from him in like a week or two. And they found him in his apartment. And his apartment was covered in shit. And just covered in shit. And then they brought him to the hospital. And that's when it was like, oh, his liver is failing. His kidneys are failing. He has cancer. His pancreas is failing. And so the idea was he was going to live for like maybe a month more. But he died like five days later. So it's just like crazy that again he was pulling it in with an apartment covered in shit. Oh. You know, I'm assuming that he did not fuck well while well, he had died, like post died, shit. Wow. You know, but yeah. like, um, oh. apparently it was just like disgusting. I uh, so did you get to see him? I didn't. Um, that's something that kind of haunts me because like, uh, but I also get it. My family, like my mom and. My, my grandpa and stuff decided that I shouldn't see him like that because he apparently looked so ill and they thought it would like disturb me. And then my last memory of my dad would be him like truly like a shell of a per like just like a wisp of a person. Do like, you wish that looking back? Do you- I wish I had gotten to say goodbye. 100%. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that was the wrong decision, but I get why they did it. You're nine. Right, nine yeah. years old. Do yeah. you have siblings? Or, nope. Nope. Just well, <laughs> <laughs> there's a there, there's a chance that I might might have half brothers. Uh, but you don't know. I'm still? not. I'm not sure. Um, oh I, my goodness! I still haven't looked into it. Wow. Um, would you want to know? That's kind. Of, I think it's that's kind of a cool. mystery. I, mean, I don't know. I honestly it has don't know. With your DNA. Would it I, be? Would it be from one of the girlfriend? Like girlfriends? Yeah, or? he had one of them was kind of long term. And at one point he claimed she was pregnant, but this was during his like last year and a half, which was a huge downward spiral, a huge like calling my mom and threatening and like leaving threatening voicemails and stuff like that. What was Um, the threat that that he wanted? That he wanted to see me and he was gonna like do whatever he needed to make it happen. And um, so yeah, I don't know. I I have I have some information about this woman, and I could reach out to her. And, you know, as soon as NPR wants to pay me to make that a podcast, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, certainly yeah. will. Yeah. Um, 
And how's your relationship with your mom? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's, That's, That's fair. That is very funny that we talked about the shit-covered <laughs> walls of your dad's... <laughs> Um, well, this is a good uh, time to take a commercial break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Um, wow. I'm just, I'm just, I'm taking all that in. Uh, I, I, we've had, we've had a lot of, you know. A lot of dead one, dads. A lot of dead dads. And I don't think it's, it's surprising. We know statistically uh, uh, men dying younger, but I think like doing this kind of thing where I'm interviewing people and talking about their lives. The, I go like, oh yeah, like a lot of people my age have lost their their dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad just had a big surgery, and there was a moment where I was like, oh, I'm about to be that. Yeah, someone in their 30s who doesn't have a dad. Um, I'm 27, just to be clear. <laughs> 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 uh, fuck you. Um, all right. So, where did you grow up? Was it Arizona? No, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been, but I'm gonna go. I think I'm doing. Is there a Helium Comedy Club in Minneapolis? There isn't. There's an Acme Comedy Club. Oh, Acme. Well, I'm not going to be there yet, but someday I dream. <laughs> God. Uh, how, how do you like Minneapolis? Is, is that where your mom still is? Is that where your My mom is in San Francisco. In San Francisco. Tell me about Minneapolis. Worth worth growing up in? Uh, well, I grew up there, and I grew up in Ely, Minnesota, which is like way up north. I, I love Minneapolis. I love the Twin Cities. Um, I don't think I'd live there again just because I feel like I like did a lot of like learning or whatever that's dumb that's not interesting to talk about like, um i mean it's got like this deep queer history this like deep music history this deep comedy history so it was like a cool place to grow up for sure yeah deep comic history it's like a incredibly like complex like like branching thick uh like art scene there so what age did you identify as queer what age did you did you start coming out i i honestly think i like had a conception of myself as trans when i was like five because like i we would play house and stuff and i would always just like put on a skirt and whatnot but i like got beat up for it so like i pretty quickly had an idea of like i shouldn't do that that's not cool and i have a memory from around then of like like the local fox station doing a story about this like like quote unquote boy who whose parents allowed him to wear dresses to school mm-hmm. and how people were upset about it and the tone of it was like this is weird and fucked you know and so i was like oh okay all right let's let's chill on that um and then you know i i was called like a fag and called gay and stuff a lot when i was like even in like second grade you know i remember wild yeah because i would like go up and kiss boys (laughs) like i would just like like give them a little peck uh and girls too but i like i i think i was just like a very like loving out like in that way and i think it got really beaten out of me and so um, you were talking second graders punching you I yeah I got like thrown to the ground I got like 
called a lot of names. Did I, you ever fight back? I did. Yeah, um, and I always got in trouble, and they never did. Like truly, truly, one hundred percent of the time when I when I would throw a punch back or something, I would get in trouble, and I it was rare that the other kids would, um, you know. Uh, but I remember like I learned the word gay because people had been calling me that, and um, my mom would put on the Today Show before um, she had to like bring me to daycare every day mm-hmm. um like daycare before school because she worked early and like the queer eye guys were on the today show and like they used the term like gay in that interview or whatever and i was like mom what's gay and she was like not us so <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's not us wow yeah. off. and the funny thing is <laughs> I, I later found out my mom's like best friend rose was a, was a dyke who was like in a long-term relationship with a woman and i was at their house all the time so my mom wasn't like homophobic in that like you know like wouldn't hang out with queer people or wouldn't Mm. expose me to them but didn't want me to have like much of a conception of it so like i was like babysat by a lesbian who was good friends with my mom who my mom totally knew was a lesbian but like this weird like compartmentalization of it um so when you talk about this place with a rich queer history, when when were you embraced? When was it nice? I would say I started like po- like openly identifying as like bisexual when I was like seventeen, mm-hmm. um, and then started kind of to explore the city in that way. Um, and I, th- but I think like really, I felt like more like empowered. Not until, like, when I was, like, 22 and started to transition because I was really, like, confused about my sexuality because, like, everyone was telling me that I was, like, a gay man, you know? Mm-hmm. And I knew that I didn't, like, exclusively like men, but everyone was telling me that, and I was like, well, that seems easier than transitioning, so I guess I'll just lean into that. Yeah. Um. So there was a few years where I was like, okay, I'll just be a gay man. I Everyone's telling me that's who I am. That's, I guess, who I am. Um, and the, those years were like very, they gave me like a lot of like spiritual pain, I would say, because I was like, why am I not feeling good about this? Like, why can't I just do this? And I knew I wanted to transition, but I was like, I should just be able to like, like, this should be good enough. Like, this should be like a good trade off. Did you have any close friends that had transitioned at that point? I had hmm, close friends. I had friends that were like non-binary mm-hmm. and I had a couple trans mask friends, but I don't really, I didn't really have any like trans women or trans feminine good buds at that point. And I think part of that was because it scared me. Like not like I was like, I remember when Caitlyn Jenner came out, <laughs> it's weird to feel emotional about that. But like I, I was, I remember being like thinking kind of like, go don't, like, cause this makes me feel like oh, I'm gonna have to, or like that's it's, so interesting. It, 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 the prospect of like seeing like, oh, like I could do this yeah. and not get murdered. Cause I was like, I'm not gonna come out cause I'll just like get murdered. Like I, I can't do this. I won't be able to work. Like yada yada yada. Um, but seeing that and seeing like support and like seeing uh, having friends that were trans women who like lived lived lives that were like not like this like nightmare that I imagined even though like I didn't like necessarily have any close trans women friends was to me 
making me really anxious because it was like, well, I can do this and I guess I, I, I won't die, but I know it's going to be really hard, you know? Um, yeah. it, was that the primary stopper? I'm going to die? Yeah, for a long time it was like, I'll get murdered. I'll just get murdered. I'll get like, and, and, and like horribly, like just yeah. like, because that's what's communicated. You know, yeah. like that's what you see on the news. That's what happens in Boys Don't Cry. Like trans people get like mutilated and murdered. And that was, I was terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, But when I saw that that wasn't like when I saw trans people like, like, you know, like I hate this word, but like thriving, that really showed me like, oh, I guess, I guess like I, I like it's going to be a hassle, but <laughs> I, can, yeah. I can do it. <laughs> That must be complicated with with Caitlyn Jenner, given everything else she's yeah. done with her life. Yeah, yeah. I think earlier on, like right when she transitioned, it wasn't that complicated because everyone was just like, "Yeah, hoorah!" That was before, you know, that co- like vehicular manslaughter <laughs> and all of that. And I think earlier on, she was less open about her politics. Like she yeah. had been before the transition, but I think she kind of rode on the good vibes for a bit before she was like. Hell yeah, yeah, Trump and yada yada. Who before yeah. Caitlyn was like the most publicly celebrity person to transition? I'm trying to think. Because there were like a number of people who gained some fame for transitioning. There was um, a James Bond girl, like a Bond girl, who was trans. But um, I'm forgetting her name. And I think she transitioned before she came into the public light. Interesting. I guess, like, Chaz Bono, like, at least in my life, like, I'm not trying to provide a definitive trans history here, but, like, in my head, in my life, I remember Chaz coming out, um, and, and that being a big deal, and that's maybe the first time I, I have any knowledge of a celeb coming out and transitioning. I actually got in a lot of trouble for me, well, not a lot of trouble, but I had some trans people mad at me for making a Chaz Bono joke. Um, on Clickhole years ago, uh-huh. and it was when Danica Rome, who is this Virginia or West Virginia state senator who's trans, when she won, I wrote a headline that was like, um, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something like, trans woman wins state senate seat, or it was like, trans kids relieved now that trans woman has won state senate seat and they they and they they don't have to look up to Chaz Bono anymore (laughs) that's not the only like chance here they have to look up to or whatever um does Clickhole have bylines no so people just just knew (laughs) no people oh so when I say I got I meant I saw people were mad about it they didn't know they didn't get mad at me specifically but um and it wasn't a ton of people, but I was like, kind of like, oh, so trans people are getting frustrated at this joke that I made. But I will say trans people have gotten frustrated at a lot of jokes I've made and when they've known it was me too. And that's okay. okay. Is it frustrating? I mean, I guess it feels like to, like something to joke about and it's a community you're a part of. So I imagine there's a lot of jokes that you want to make, but there's kind of like a, hey, there's enough fucking people making jokes yeah. about trans people. You know, we have to deal with, I mean, I, I, fucking, we've all been hearing about Chappelle for the last goddamn three mm-hmm. weeks. Is it is it tough? Do you ever feel comedically that you're there's certain things you back off on? Well, you know, the Chappelle stuff was tough because me and my writing partner, April, you know, wrote that whole special for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, 
<laughs> it was really difficult to see so oh many people my God. respond so negatively to those jokes that we wrote in our own community. Oh, <laughs> fuck. That's so funny. Um, so, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, tell me about Girl God. Yeah. April. April. Uh, how long have you two been performing together? Five days. Or four days. Four days? Yeah. And you our, just recorded an album. Our, yeah, our together. album recording was the was the second time. Well, no, no, no. I guess like a week and a half. Our our first show together was on Halloween, and then our album recording was on Saturday a few days ago. How did you feel about the album? You feel good? I feel really good. Yeah, I actually feel like really solid. It's like it's like thirty minutes of um like jokes that we wrote that we do together as a duo, and then it's two twenty minute sets from each of us. That's exciting. When is it gonna when is it gonna come out? What's your plan? Well, you gotta tell your girlfriend to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon that's as how we get a label. Her clients come to me. I <laughs> come to her at night. Hey, baby. Let's get this done. No, to- Tova is truly the, the best manager alive. She's great. Um so I'm sure she'll what find a label the for she, it. She does she does love to hear. I things. think she <laughs> God, I was really gonna say she cares, <laughs> but she really does. She like I've always I I think I talk to Tova like five times a week, and I don't think like almost any of my friends talk to their managers as much as I. I do definitely had a couple like like testing the waters with my manager. One one of them's younger, and like mm. one of those like something funny happened. I th- I think it was uh when Jeff Fisher got fired from jfl mm-hmm. yeah and it was like a saturday like 7 p.m like hey you hear this this is mm-hmm. wild and then i didn't get anything back and i was like <laughs> i was like all right not not toba it's a okay. different relationship i'll email you something else monday but um, yeah toba's definitely like uh accessible yeah and she gets me too so much say. work it's great yeah yeah I was going to talk to you about this, though. I, I really think you guys should break up so she can focus more on my career. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you, think, you think that's what's holding your career back, huh? Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> so let's see. So you you uh, writing on, on Rick and Morty, uh, enjoyable, fun? Yeah. Um, Rick and Morty was a really good experience. Um, I'm working on some other stuff now. I don't know if I'll come back for another season because... Honestly, it opened up so many doors. There's a lot of other stuff I'm working on, but I had a really good time. It was like I learned so much from Dan Harmon, which like I'm really I'm truly not both bullshitty when I say that. I learned so fucking much. Yeah, I mean he's someone who I'd love to meet. I mean he just seems. Oh, um, he's really busy. Oh, uh, I can't facilitate that. Uh, Listen, you want me to break up with Tova? I'm going to need something in exchange. One coffee oh. with Dan. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. So you you uh, you are a, a, a big Twitter person. I don't know if I'm a big Twitter person. You get into you you got in trouble with some Harry Styles fans recently? I did get in trouble with For some what? Harry Styles fans recently. So uh, someone... Um, came out to their mom uh, uh, supposedly at a Harry Styles concert and the mechanics are not super complicated but a little bit so she was in the pit like she was right in front of the stage apparently her mom was in a different section like at the at the concert but in a different section so she had a sign she was holding up that was like help me come out to my mom Harry and Harry saw that 
and talked to her for a quick second. And He's, then this was, is on stage. He's performing. Yes, yes, okay. yes. And then was like, Linda, your daughter, she's gay. Like was so came out for her, like announced that she was gay to the stadium, right? And so some Harry Styles fan made a tweet about that, like obviously very positive. And I quote tweeted it, not even thinking for a sec, just making a quick joke. I quote tweeted it with, "If my kid came out like this, I wouldn't accept them." <laughs> 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 I got called homophobic. So a lot of people were just like, you're homophobic. But my favorite, which is crazy, but my favorite response was, she's just jealous she didn't get to have that experience with Harry. <laughs> like that moment with Harry. Um, but they were vicious. They were sending me a bunch of DMs. They said weird things about my body. <laughs> and, like, oh. um, and then another Harry Styles fan responded to some weird thing someone had said about me being trans and was like this isn't what harry would want so there was like some self-policing it was like um you should go to harry styles concert with a sign i'm getting bullied by your fans yeah i really the stadium knock the shit off that would be incredible does it affect you at all the the twitter stuff because you have you have a dark sense of humor you're you have a a dark sense of humor i imagine you piss off people all the time I, I, I've really, I know people say this, but I've truly been thinking about quitting Twitter because it, it, Can like, you wait till we post this episode? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll retweet you. I'll retweet you. <laughs> Don't worry. I mean, I'll keep it up. I'll probably promo shows, but like beyond promoing shows, I've been thinking about not really being on Twitter because God, I said Twitter weird. <laughs> I was like Twitter. Yeah. I'm not really being on Twitter. Uh, just because uh, of well, people take things in such bad faith. I mean, I'm not saying anything new, but like, I I feel like there's nothing I can gain from it anymore. Yeah, like, I just truly don't. nothing I can gain from Did it. You, was it your video when your dads die? They they turn gay in heaven. Yeah, it was all dad. Da- all dead dads are gay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't actually get much flack for that. Well, it's true. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah. <laughs> but I did get a lot of flack for um, a video I put out earlier this year. There's this a lot of discourse, a lot of talk around kink at Pride. So a lot of people are like, I no remember. kink at Pride, which which sucks because first of all, like kink isn't what they were saying is kink. They were like leather daddies, like dressed up in their harnesses and stuff, and like yada yada, which is like part of Pride, you know. And like if you they were like, don't expose kids to that. And you just want to fuck on the streets in front of kids, yada, yada. And it's like, you know, like, have a discussion. If you bring kids to Pride, like, have a discussion with them. It's not, like, a gross thing. You can, like, really just be like, you know, that is, like, something that, like, they're into you. And it, like, doesn't affect us. And, like, you know, just say, that's not us. That's But I made a joke, like, and, and they went to, like, really, like, extremes about, like, what they considered kink or whatnot. Or, like, um, like kissing in front of people. That, like, just, like, crazy stuff. Was Twitter leaning um, towards one side or the other? I think no, the no kink at Pride people were more vocal. Uh-huh. But just because they're little bitches, you know. Um, but I, I, but I made a video um, called "No Phones at Pride," and the concept of it was like, don't bring your phone because you can watch porn on phones. And what if you dropped your phone and a kid got it and then watched porn on it? Yeah. Um, I was like, if you bring a phone to Pride, you're a pedophile and yada yada. Um, and 
and uh, people got so mad. They they sincerely called me a pedophile. They said I was advocating for fucking in the streets, all of this stuff. And the video was pretty innocuous. You know, the video didn't include anything like uh, sexual or explicit in it. Um, I was just like making fun of the no kink at pride slogan. Yeah. Um, and people got incredibly mad. Um, it were threatening me, like threatening to dox me. Um, so that was like that and the Harry Styles shit and whatnot. It makes me like, I really, there's nothing to gain for me on this platform anymore. Yeah. I it's, feel like too, with Twitter, you're like, it's not like the Harry Styles. I feel like every pop star has that same equivalent yes where yes. you're like it's you not can't, just harry you you're can't, great you um, can't make a joke or 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 mm-hmm. mention anyone without like there was god there was one taylor everyone. swift one that made me go fucking nuts where some tv show made a joke that was like she's had more boyfriends than taylor swift and she like retweeted like i can't believe on women's pride no year. that was uh, <laughs> it was uh, wasn't that amy poehler and and tina fey made a joke at the golden Show her too and said there's a special place, place in, in hell, hell in hell for people who make fu- a joke about the most famous person in the world but th- no, yeah. this was also a netflix show uh, uh, the line oh, was yes, she's yes. had more boyfriends than taylor swift yeah that is it could not be more innocuous yeah, yeah. and she was like how oh, on women's pride month that you would yeah. make this joke <laughs> and so the fans descended on on the, the show. writing staff. I'm, no, I'm the actor, probably. The you know, actor. like actors. On the and line. it's it's like, it's one of those where it's just full. She's she's just full shit. Yeah. And no. I, and then people kowtow. I remember there was something where there was like a documentary about Taylor Swift where they used a line from Nikki Glaser, and you know they you know Nikki Glaser made a, a off color joke about Taylor Swift, and Nikki Glaser kind of then apologized to Taylor Swift so publicly, and it's like. It's clear because Taylor Swift has all this power. You have to do this. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And these these teens, they're good at doxing. These they teens. know how it works. They know how to dox. I've never been doxed, but that is a scary. It's re- is, it's terrifying. I had, I had a threat it's, of it seemed like someone was going to, like, put me on blast on a show. And it was it was it really fucked me up. Yeah, it's scary. And, I mean, it's like, you know, I, I live with my partner. I live with my dog. And... I I mean I yeah it really freaked me out like the uh, the the idea that they would get hurt maybe over some dumb comedy video I made yeah and it sucks to be like I don't know if bullied is the right word but like to to have that fear because of that it just it sucks so yeah I don't know I'll retweet this podcast and then audio your final tweet. Um, all right, well, let's let's go on to our uh, uh, This Has Gotta Stop. This Has Gotta Stop. This Has Gotta Stop, where we talk about something that needs to stop. And I actually want to go start with mine because I feel like it relates to this, the Kinkette Pride mm-hmm. question. Where, uh, so I was at this wedding, and, uh, uh, you know, people have kids. They bring them to the wedding. And we, we go to, we go to nah. the, the party, and there's, uh, there's the dance. We're starting to dance. Uh-huh. And uh, someone's kid, uh, at the beginning, you know, taking up some of the dance floor. Very cute. Very cute, seeing a little kid dance, yeah. doing the one move they, they know yeah. again and again. Yep. It starts to get later. Music starts to get going. This kid's still dancing. This kid's on that. This kid does not leave the dance floor for four hours. Okay. And we all have to, like, you know, kind of circle around the kid and accommodate the kid and occasionally cheer. Uh, I'd, I'd guess, like, four to six. Okay. And there's a certain point where I'm like, okay. Kids off the dance floor now. No more kids on the dance floor. It's time for adults to dance out their their fears of death and 
and get drunk and feel just like not worry about stepping on anybody. You felt like no, you felt like people were being held back because of the kid. You yeah, felt like just at a certain point, I'm like, okay, like, kid's cute. Let's let's dance now. Put the kid away. What if that was their make a wish. Yeah. That, well, the kid's looking to great for, for being yeah. this, and the kid was looking very good. I just think, like, especially when I when I think about, uh, like, I remember being at the pool, and there'd be, like, kids out, it's it's adult swim time, yeah. being annoyed as a kid, but now I'm looking back, sponsor? I'm like, yeah, get the, <laughs> like, yeah, you know what, sometimes you need to get the kids fucking out of there. Yeah. All right, yeah. I was just on a 10-hour flight from Hawaii with yeah. kids, and, you know, you can't do anything about it, but also, dance floor kids, there should be a kid's. Past a certain point, the kid needs to go. Also, anytime there's a wedding where they're like, there's no kids involved, you know, like they're like they tell you, there's always kids there still. Like, do you know what I mean? Like the closest kids are still allowed to come somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like I've never been in a wedding. You're ideal. You're ideal. Young adults at the door, like you're a kid. (laughs) Fourteen, you're a fucking kid. I don't care. Teenagers in there. So that's my thing. Dance. There's kids, but it's the same thing with pride. Where I'm like, oh, you don't want you don't explain to your kid, then leave your kid at home. Yeah, exactly. Especially in New York. Oh, how did you explain to your kid the homeless guy on the fucking yeah. street? Yeah. You didn't mm-hmm. think about that. It's just no matter what, our our inability to talk about sex and our sex repression, it's gonna we're gonna keep bumping up against it till the end yeah. of until the end of America, because it's well, just like oh well, humans, we, humans. But I imagine some places are more like yeah that 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 person over there likes leather, it turns them on, it makes them feel good in their genitals. But here we just can't do it. No. My kid, if I had kids, I'd be stressed. I feel stressed like someone would be like, I don't know. I'd bring them to the parade and I'd be like, this is fine. What are you? I think the fear is the kid's going to like be like, daddy, mommy, buy me a leather, a leather thing. And then you would, I'd do it. I, I, my baby shower is going to have a ball gag. (laughs) For when I bring my kid on the plane, we're going to give him a ball gag for that. Great. So that's my view with all this. I think Gianmarco's a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gianmarco's a pedophile. I don't support that. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it is funny. Whenever you talk about pedophile in any joke that involves mm-hmm. pedophile, people then go, oh, you're a pedophile. And I'm mm-hmm. like, pedophiles generally don't make a lot of jokes about pedophiles mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. I th- that's not how the priests were busted because they made a joke about pedophiles. Yeah. And they were like, oh, are you a pedophile? Boom. Catholic Church goes down. Russell, what's your this is going to stop? Uh, your guy's silence was really also, deafening, I got to tell you. Uh, As I talked about putting a ball gag on my baby, you both just kind of shut down on me. I, I, wait, what? I, I wasn't silent. I responded. You responded. I condemned it. That wasn't silence. That was condemnation. Um, mine's also about kids. Um, oh, the, pedophile over here. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, sometimes people have like a newborn and they, um, they like, the newborn's just like blob. You know, like it's not, can't do anything yet. It's like so new. And I've noticed three times now in the last two months, which is a lot. I feel like people have a newborn and they, they put like a cool costume or like a cool outfit on it. And then they'll, they'll caption it with like, this kid's already way cooler than me. I was like, you fucking bought the clothes. You picked them out. You put it on a blob that doesn't, can't do anything. And it's just like this. I, I just hate like dumb things that like then are in the zeitgeist and we're just like we just people just do it now do you know what i mean yeah and that's one of those things where they're like my kid's already way cool and they're like fuck you you're the kid's not cool it's just a 
the kids aren't doing anything. And you picked out the clothes. So you're like weirdly patting yourself on the back while you're doing That's nothing. True. You want me to be like, wow, that kid is cool. Where to get like. What you, kind of costumes are you talking about? Okay, this, the, the, I, this wasn't for Halloween. It was like the one I saw today was just like a. It was just like suspenders. Uh, with like a like a cap, do you know what I mean? Like a oh, like a okay. newsy boy cap kind of thing, mm. and you're like cool. Do you know what I mean? Like like even if it was an adult wearing extra, it, you're extra. like awesome. My like, baby's cooler than yours. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just is annoying because you're like you bought the clothes, so we're we're just giving mm-hmm. you kudos. You know, yeah, you're, the baby's cooler. I don't know. It it rages me. What what would be a better cap? Like is the caption like, don't don't. Don't uh, thank my baby or like have like a wardrobe by me, wardrobe by parents. I, you don't have to have a caption. We don't have to have a clever caption. We could just look at this cute picture, you know, just put <laughs> just up a picture. Like, I don't know. You, people want to show. I get Please it. Please look at this. I people regret having this show kid. Give us some likes. Picture, but like, yeah, you don't have to like come up with. And it, well, it's not clever because we've seen it a million times. We've seen people use that caption yeah, yeah, yeah. a million times. So uh, just put it up. Put the picture up, you know, own it. And be like, look at I I I I bought cool clothes for my kid. That's it. I'm gonna scroll through everyone you follow, find this whoever posted this newsboy picture, and I send hope they them don't this listen. clip. Caption. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a this has got to stop? Chris? I do. I don't think hairstylists should be allowed to have Instagram. Oh. I I think it's. I'm tired of. I think I've been getting really expensive, really shitty haircuts because like. I will go to like a, like a cool queer barber or something, and this happened to my partner too, and spend like a hundred and twenty dollars on a haircut, and then they won't take a picture of it, and so I'll know, like, oh, this wasn't, you didn't care about this one, uh, like, and then I'll because like then I'll because they on put them on Insta- Instagram, and their Instagram ones are always so much better, they're always so much better, and so I think that they should have to try just as hard for each one okay and not have an instagram i was so confused at first i thought you said harry styles should not have oh no harry styles I, I was like oh we're going back no. like we're getting him on twitter no. and we're getting him on instagram hair stylist i don't think <laughs> Harry stylist. and then i was, I was like, like how's this gonna wrap back around to, to okay hair stylist okay hair I, stylist. I was like you go to harry styles barber <laughs> wow you are doing well i'm like that yeah they post his picture money. because he's a star <laughs> Wait, I I feel self-conscious because I've never had a barber take... Oh, mine doesn't have an Instagram. <laughs> mine barely has, has a phone number. Barely has a pair of scissors. Yeah. I mean, we it's, could tell. Yeah. <laughs> Is, uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't like that at all. I wouldn't like that at all. I would demand. I'd say you have to post this now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they should either not have an Instagram or have to post every single haircut they do. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very good point. I like that. Is is that, I guess I go to Aveda, which I guess is a chain, mm-hmm. so they don't need to do that independent thing. They have a big corporate. Well, I think still sometimes people at chains will have their own Insta because you can like request a specific person still. But How much are I you paying though for yours? I pay a fair amount. What are you paying? I pay... Uh, Probably 85, what? 95. What are you paying? Uh, well, when I was in Denver, I had, I really had a great, um, hairstylist, uh, and paid like 80. But the first time I went to this like trans barber shop, I paid like 120 bucks with tip and I got the worst haircut of my life. And it took like, not like three minutes 
Like, I was just getting my undercut touched up, but I also wanted it, like, you know, like, like there to be some volume and stuff added, mm-hmm. some layering. It sucked, and I couldn't believe because I wanted to support this, like, trans barbershop in Denver, and, like, I... Uh, I'm sure that a lot of the haircuts there are great and whatnot, but I was like blown away by how quickly this person did this and how much money it was. Are there a lot of trans barbershops like that's that like there that's like, a specialty? There's a, actually a really good um, queer salon in LA called Folklore, um, mm-hmm. and there is yeah, I would say yeah, there are there's um, Barbara and Barbara in Chicago. Um, I'm Dude, sure were they also cut, like if I showed up there, would would I get a, like a look like or would it? No, 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 no. I think that you know they serve everybody, but yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like you know it's like queer owned or trans owned or whatever. Hundred twenty bucks. That's that's tough. What do you pay for yours? Um, Can I, I guess? I yeah. Go ahead. Fifteen bucks. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he also just clearly got a haircut yeah, yeah, yeah. recently. Um, I uh, I do. It's uh, I think it's thirty and then or thirty or thirty five, depending on if I do the trim the beard and uh, and uh, and then so it's usually like fifty with tip. Wow, that's a nice generous tip. I, I only go a couple few times a year. I tried to you know. Yeah, 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 he's my neighborhood guy. He's right around the corner from where I live. So, that's nice. My the the barber I had for a long time. She quit because lower back pain. I guess that's a big thing with barbers. Like whatever whatever it is they have to do every day. And she was like she was like forty too. Oh, wow, but lower back pain. So tip your barber. And on that, let's get to our final segment. You better count your blessing. You better count your blessing. Um, I'll go first. We'll keep with this order. I'm, uh, well, the Comedy Central set came out today. I feel very good about that. But I also, um, this again, maybe it's gross, but it's blessing. I can be gross. I, I, I started working at the Comedy Cellar and there is something called New Jokes Night, which is like this rare opportunity. Right now at the Cellar, I'm, it's a material. I'm slipping in one or two things here and there. But even that stuff's like, you know, still pretty tried and true. And new joke night, it's uh, at the Fat Black Pussycat, and you get to go up with notes. You get to do, I think it's just four minutes, but you get to, you know, bomb. Yeah. And and then I did it. The host is also Will Will Sylvans, and you get to riff with him, and he's very good at that. And then they gave me uh, 15 bucks. You get paid to do it. And I was like, I didn't know you get paid. For me, it was like just an open mic, a rare open mic at a space that I normally feel a lot of pressure at. And then when they gave money, it just felt like, wow, wouldn't it be nice if more of the comedy world was like this? There was an audience there that paid. They gave me a little bit of money and uh, it just felt really good. Nice. Just felt uh, just getting paid to do anything there. That's a nice feeling. Even if it was five bucks. Even when you give a comic, a new comic, five bucks, it means a lot. Yeah. The email that I received said it wasn't supposed to be actually something cool. The email oh. that I received. What is what's email say again? Was supposed to be like kind of ironic or like something that you might not usually consider a blessing. Well, I'll do better next time. Well, I okay. didn't know Luckily, this is I new information. I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I feel like well, here's, I, I think why the email probably says that is because I think some people go, uh, music, coffee. <laughs> I'm blessed because coffee is great. Yeah, well, we're like picking bad guests. If they, I, I know. If, they, uh, if, if that's where they go. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, who's your well, worst guest? Who's our worst guest? 
I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Russell. I don't have a blessing today. And you know why? Because I was thinking about it and I, I was like, I could come up with something. I felt like it would be disingenuous. I've been feeling kind of like, uh, dead, like numb the last, I just don't feel very jazzed about things right now. Um, not to get too dark. Wow. I'm, but I, I don't have, uh, I don't have one today. Um, but uh, there's lots of great things obviously in this world, but I don't have like a clever or funny thing right now. Well, I'll do a second one. You have a wonderful wife. I know. Well, no. I guess- I'm more than I'm going to use my wife. I'm going to like say, <laughs> you know, like uh, you just said that I couldn't use music, you know, so. Sure. Um, okay. Great, Russell. I'll say Caitlin Palufo was a guest on the sketch show. Oh, Uncle yeah. Uncle Function, our sketch team. I wasn't at the show, but she Caitlin killed. was our guest. She did. She killed. She, she did, crushed. She did great, yeah. She crushed so well, well now I feel that bad. you like, couldn't list it as a blessing because it, it, that's how good it was. <laughs> she that's did kill. I, I, uh, but I feel bad now that I didn't, you know. Well, she's our guest on Thursday, and you can apologize yeah, right then and there. Grace. Can I just ask a question about the last name Freud? Are you related to Freud? I took my partner's last name. Um, oh, really? We got married a year ago. Oh. And, uh, Is your partner related to Freud? Yes. Um, no way. Yeah. Get the fuck really? out of here. I'm not kidding. <gasps> they're not a descendant, but their great, like their great, great, great grandpa was his brother. Wow. Do they have anything like a pipe? A cigar? Um, I do. Some cocaine? <laughs> I think that their grandma might have some family stuff on the wow. still, but not not that I've seen. Nothing that that's I've seen. so cool. I would take that name too. It's a tight name, Jim yeah. Michael Freud. Yeah. I like and I, I, you know, I don't have like really a good relationship with anyone in my family, so I was like, mm-hmm. I want to ditch that old name. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you have a blessing other than? Yeah, I guess like so. I really thought you were gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I, Russell was gay until I have a very um, I have a gay energy, uh, and I I would say that like my blessing is that you turned out to be straight because mm. I feel like I'm pretty good about that usually, and it's life is full. It's fun to be reminded that life is full of surprises. Yeah, I have a like a gentle kind of. I get that, you know. I uh, but yeah, I have a wife. Do you think if you if you had known that I was dating Tova, that I was straight? Yes. Is it just because you saw my apartment and the way I live? Yeah. I mean, um, a lot of those cues give it away. You, I mean, I think from Twitter, too. I mean, you have a very straight Twitter. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think you fancy yourself having a less straight Twitter, but yeah. I feel I feel envious that you that, that you were perceived as gay. Over I, will say, I will say this. I saw that... Um, senator getting a vaccine video of you uh-huh. or something that was the first exposure to you that i i think i had and i did think maybe you were queer after seeing that but then Thank i saw you. the rest of your tweets and i was like oh that's a straight man <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> um grace anything you, you'd like to plug um girl god has a show in chicago at sleeping village on december 7th and i think there are still some tickets uh so yeah come through come to it See, girl, God, Russell, anything you want to plug? Uh, Uncle Function, Friday, December 17th, uh, Asylum NYC. Um, I don't have the exact date this coming out, but uh, headlining DC Comedy Loft, uh, headlining Caroline's Comedy Club. I think this is going to come out after. Don't worry about it. I just headlined Caroline's. Where the fuck were you? You should have come, <laughs> but I will be headlining uh, DC Comedy Loft Thanksgiving weekend, Friday, Saturday, headlining uh, uh, Nick's Comedy Stop in Boston. 
December 17th and 18th, I think. And uh, watch the Comedy Central set. Share it around. Um, and I, I guess, uh, you know, remember whether, uh, whether there's shit all over the place when you are dying, you ultimately will probably shit your pants. Or as you tweeted once, if you're a good person. You should come your pants. You should get to come your pants. This is the downside. One, two, three. Downside.